We thank you so much for joining us right here on this edition of The Morning Chat on WAOV. I'm Tom Lee, Vincennes Mayor Joe Yoakum. Joining us once again this morning on a Mayor's Monday. Mr. Mayor, good to have you with us. Good morning. Welcome to the program. Good morning. All right, let's talk about what's going on. First thing, of course, on the Mondays when it does happen is the Board of Works and City Council. And took a look at the Board of Works schedule. Now, of course, it may update, but the one thing I saw in here that is of note is the uh, paving project contract. This is, I'm guessing, for the second round in the 2023 paving. Right. This is, uh, and we opened those bids into last year. First of this yeah, year. you you opened the bids yeah. and now you're just yeah you know. and city engineers looked over him and now he's ready to make a recommendation on uh, who we need to go with. Who was the low bid on that? I'll be honest, I don't remember. <laughs> okay, but uh, I know that it was within budget or at least yes. If I'm right, right on this, I believe if I, I think remember. it was right at just below maybe budget. Yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. I thought it was just below right. budget. And but that the, go ahead. I'm sorry. The biggest part of that paving project is going to be Hart Street from the stoplight all the way out to the schools. Uh, so, and, that, and that'll be a several day event by the time they mill it and resurface. And there'll be some traffic changes while that's going on. So you have to award the contract tonight to find out when this is going to be happening? Right. Uh, and we'll work with the contractor because it'd be nice if we wait till like school's out or especially or at least get through the uh the primary election in may make sure that we don't have traffic really messed up for all that but also we need to get past the eclipse and so again all these events happening before you want this to start now <clears throat> again we talk about heart street is this the first work on that stretch since it was widened back in the late 90s um i'm a guess other than our normal crack ceiling uh this will be the first time and that's been, you know, what, 30 years or close? Yeah, pretty close. Uh, I mean, I think it was so, like 90, 98 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and it's starting to show its wear and tear, and it's time to uh, resurface it because it's obviously the, probably the busiest street in our community. So uh, look forward to getting it resurfaced. Actually, it may have been 1996. I think I just mm -hmm. got to town, when, and it was going on that one and the winding of that right. one at 6th Street as well. Right, uh, so, which, which begs the question, uh, is 6th Street pretty close, you know, behind Hart Street and getting uh, itself Well, service? we did a bunch of work on 6th Street because that's concrete, and we redid a bunch of joints and, and different things to basically uh, preventive maintenance, making sure that that road stays in good shape. So, um, so 6th Street should be in great shape. So it should be good for the yes. you know, years to come. Yeah. All right. Uh, that makes sense. But here's yeah, the I'm thing. talking about 6th Street from like St. Clair right. out to the highway. Right. Right. The area that they widened way right. you know, back when. And But here's the thing now. You talk about just about giving projects, and now you turn around and you've got to make another application now for the 2024 right. round one. Right. And the key <clears> thing <throat> here is, is that that has been expanded as far as, you know, the grant amounts from right. one million to one and a half. I mean, right. how are you going to take advantage of this? And if, uh, you know, we'll put every dollar we have available towards uh, the paving and city engineer will start looking at our PASER program where our, all our streets are rated. Uh, he just met with uh, Centerpoint, the gas company, on where they're going to be and what they're going to be doing. And 
and he'll start looking at all that and coming up with the uh, next roads to be paved. Now, that's, here's the thing now, though, of course, being a city, it's a 50% match, so you're looking at right. having to put $750,000 in that, so it means exactly. you can look at two and a quarter million dollars of paving in this set. It's, it's right. Uh, we can get up to a million and a half, so anyway, uh, but we'll just put what we can afford towards that, and uh, I'll get with the... Uh, our financial people and see what's available. And here's the thing now, the application for that, if I'm right on this, is it still a couple of weeks away, I believe? Yeah, I think it's, yeah, it may be the end of this month or, and there's two rounds uh, and you're not gonna get both rounds funded. So uh, city engineer may work and get part of our roads put in this time and then the next and the, the next round, so. And so he does a great job yeah. taking care of this, and um, he takes – the politics are out of it. Streets aren't picked through politics. It is through the city engineer looking at the PASER program that rates our streets, the gas company, uh, the amount of traffic a road has, even like what this cold weather and winter weather has done to the streets. You know, there may be a street that's – end up being rated worse after all this bad after this weather we've had so uh, and he looks at every bit of that i'm going to write that down because it's something else that you brought up that i would like to mention i'm, I'm getting ideas even as we're talking right and here's but here's the thing now you you talk about this project in the pazer program and we've been talking about this now for what maybe two two and a half three years and we've been talking about it till we're blue in the Facebook. Do we still have people who think the politics have a part in this? Uh, yeah, and we had some uh, people running for office that said that they were going to change the way we pick our streets, and we're not. Uh, the state dictates what we need to do, and and we follow their guidelines. Uh, these aren't streets that I pick. Again, it's the city engineer that looks at all of those things I mentioned before and determines what streets will be paved. Anything else on the board of work schedule of, of note? Uh, no, there's just a couple banners. We're, we're signing the lease with the uh, farmer's market, getting ready for this summer with them. And then we've got department head reports from police, street, parks, and city engineer. And again, this is kind of the busy set of reports because it seems like there's two, you know, of course, two meetings. And it's like the first one is all of the... I guess you could say support agencies, and the second one is always kind of your public service, public safety type in you know right. places. You know? Right, right. So again, that's coming up tonight, and then after that, of course, is the Vincent City Council session starting at six. And look at that, and tell me what what's going on over there. Uh, soccer leagues going to come make their request for you know every year we give money to local youth sports and they're going to make their request. And then we're going to look at a building code uh, ordinance update. Uh, I think you'll see here in the future a lot of ordinances being looked at and updated. And um, so. When you talk about this building code update, if you can tell me right, right now, what are some of the differences? I mean, there are major differences coming to this thing? Um, I think it's just... Uh, Updating things, uh, mainly I think it's going to deal with uh, pole barn homes and, and different things like that. Uh, we get a lot of calls about 
things that are being seen in other communities and they're like, you know what, I don't know that I'd want that in my neighborhood. So uh, we're looking at updating. So once again, uh, that'll be coming up this evening. And as you mentioned, it's something that you're going to be seeing. And that's kind of a little bit, you know, something that has come up, let's say the last couple of three years is where, you know, people have said, we really do want to look at these ordinances and make sure that they're up to date with the culture and with the different uh, technology we have. Right. Uh, I know the council's always said that, oh, we're going to look at these and update them and, um, really hasn't moved along very well but basically i've got department heads looking at ordinances that affect their departments like brad snyder the inspector's office Uh, we've done some updates like contracts with uh, the county and bicknell on our uh, animal shelter so do you expect any of these updates to be really controversial i mean do you expect Um, it i don't think so um no but it's basic. I mean, we've got some ordinances that are just outdated and uh, need to be looked at. They're just so really, let, really dated. So let's say the first half of the year, you're going to look at these ordinances right. and just kind of, <clears throat> I guess for lack of a better word, gussy them up to right. try to be ready for use today, I guess. Right, absolutely. You know, um, a lot of things have changed Uh that affect our ordinances and we just need to update them to meet new regulations and so and again that it's been uh, talked about for a long time we haven't seen a whole lot of movement on that but is part of that because the wheels of government do grind exceedingly slow sometimes um i guess but it's also very time consuming going through all the ordinances and yeah uh, so well, that definitely makes sense. I mean, right. you know, with so many of them, I mean, you're, yes. you know, you could, it could take you, you know, you could probably hire somebody in just to do that. And yes. Maybe that, I mean, at least right. part-time, if not full-time right. employment. But, you know, I've talked with department heads and letting them kind of head this up now rather than the council because department heads work with these ordinances on a daily basis. Right. They know what's outdated and what needs changed, and uh, so they'll just start working on those and get them to the council for uh approval or disapproval or yep it, it's kind of like we say government working best right. closest to the people I exactly think. that's what right. it sounds like right. and so again we'll be seeing i guess the first one tonight and maybe more of as we go right. on down the list you were be talking this morning with vincent's mayor joe yokum right here on this edition of the morning chat on waov and when we return the age-old improvements on Washington Avenue. We'll get the latest on that and more when we return. You're listening to The Morning Chat on WAOV. Have you ever missed one of your favorite local shows on WAOV? Ever missed the morning chat, Mark and Mark, or even financial questions, real answers? Well, that's not a problem anymore. WAOV has our local shows on podcast and easy to get to them. Go to WAOVAM.com and click on the podcast tab at the top to find your show. It's that easy. So if you miss Vintage Vincent, legal news or views, or just the tips, listen to the podcast the next day. Go to WAOVAM.com and find your podcast. Thank you so much for joining us right here on this edition of the Morning Chat on WAOV. Hi, everyone. I'm Tom Lee. And uh, joining me once again, sitting in for a balancer today, I am Tom Lee and uh, Joe Yoakum, Mayor of Vincent, sitting in for himself. Let's talk about Washington Avenue. 
Um, one thing, every Monday there's an update. So if you could tell us what's the newest update on Washington Avenue. It is, you know, we were planning on closing the whole stretch come January 29th, which would be a week from today. But this recent cold weather, when it gets so cold like that, the equipment doesn't operate properly, so they don't even try to work on the project. So it's pretty much at least a week behind. So um, instead of closing the 29th, it will be first part of February probably. So you're looking at a week's delay basically. Yeah, at least. Uh, and, you know, it depends this week. I think it's supposed to rain all week. Uh, yeah, but it's so going to get warmer. not get a whole lot done in that this week. It's, but it's going to get warmer, though. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Believe me, I really am. <laughs> and that's the thing, it's going to get warmer. But again, here's the great thing. I mean, people are probably saying to themselves, you're, you're looking at a week's delay, maybe more, because right. of the rain. But they're thinking to themselves, well, it's warm out. I mean, can't they do a lot of work? I mean, that's the question. Right. It's all weather dependent. And you know, this time of year, the weather can change on a dime. It's like we're just coming out of the cold and now we're going to get into rain. And But. There's also, it looks like, 50-degree days ahead. Yep. So. so it would be kind of a mixed bag, I guess right, you could right. say. And um, and we'll try to get a, a, a early notice out because when we do this, the entrance to Greg Park will be closed, and we will reroute traffic. You'll come in off of Niblack and exit back on Niblack, uh, and you'll basically go around the park probably counterclockwise. So very tentatively right now, right. you're looking at maybe the first Monday of February, depending on the rain? Uh, yeah, and, and how everything else goes. Uh, because with this cold weather, you know, the, the grounds froze. You know, they're trying to remove concrete. And so we'll just see how it plays out. So sometime the beginning of February, we'll probably be closing all the way to Emerson. That's one half of the $64,000 question. The other half is the other end. I mean, are you going to get this thing open, let's say, by the time homecoming hits? That, you know, this first section we did, we kind of opened it, but they still had concrete sidewalks and stuff to do. You'll probably see that same type of scenario uh, later this year because, yes, we do want to try to have it passable for the football season uh, for the beginning of football season in i August. hope i hope it's <laughs> i hope so now i'm uh, not trying to pin you down i'm right. just kind of looking at, at uh, i'm not promising anything but we are going to try to have it to where uh, it doesn't interfere as much with football and uh, so we'll just see how it all plays out and hopefully have a great summer and great weather to work in and things will move along the other thing is a lot of utility work's been done, and it was done with the first section we did. So hopefully uh, hopefully that'll help speed things up a little bit. Now, remember, if you hear this later as far as either an archive coming up later on or you hear it in the newscast or something, we're talking hypotheticals here. Right. We're not saying this right. is absolutely <clears throat> going to happen. Right. It is. We're going to do our absolute best to get things moving smoothly and quickly so we can get this project done so again washington avenue expect a couple of at least a week's delay right. as far as right. getting it closed i think it's scheduled the completion date is the first of november but i'm hoping that it'll be a lot sooner with 
so let's previous say, work that was done before. Yeah, let's say let's say the first of November for the entire project, but you yeah. want to have at least a passable road right. by the beginning of football right. season. And you know, it's kind of like all our projects at Main Street. When we opened Main Street, they were still doing sidewalk work and the lighting, and I think the lighting on the first section um, maybe just getting turned on now for, uh, but. All that work can be done after the road surface is completed, and you know we'll still have some restrictions and caution out there for the, the workers that are doing that. But, right, and, uh, and it's all priority, right. basically. Yes. The first priority is get right. the road in and get it done and get it done right. Right, and then we'll do the sidewalks and, and different things. You talked about the sub-zero weather and yes. affecting the roads, and I know... This is going to bring up everybody's favorite thing, and that is potholes Absolutely. around the city. Tell us a little bit about uh, if you expect more of them now. Um, I'm hoping now that this cold weather is going that whatever potholes are going to show up, we'll get them and get them temporarily patched because this time of year, you do a temporary patch because whatever you put in is not going to hold through winter. But I will admit I've seen a few potholes uh, Forming and we still have uh, we've got our app you can report them on we've still got the uh, the uh, pothole patrol on the, the website so report them and we'll get out and fix them and again it'll probably be a temporary fix and the place I'm really seeing a lot is because uh, I travel out every day is Kimmel and Hart yeah and the good thing with that is we'll temporarily fix that but this summer with our paving all of that will be repaved. So, But here's the thing. I mean, when you talk about sub-zero conditions, you're going to have rain right on the backside of it and warmer temperatures. Ground's right. going to start thawing, and that's exactly right. and that's what's going to happen. And with rain, and if it turns off cold again, that's what happens. The, the moisture gets below the asphalt, and then cold temperatures freeze and force up the asphalt, and that's where you get your potholes. So the best thing is not to say that this sub-zero or near-zero thing is the last that we've seen, hopefully, this I winter. hope. I'd just soon not had that cold weather, but uh, and you know with the, with that cold weather, um, we did work with United Way and the EMA and St. Paul's Lutheran. I can't thank them enough for offering their facility for a warming center. Uh, it closes today at noon, uh, and it's been open since a week ago Saturday. Uh, but it was good to have that open, get the people that needed it in there to get to stay warm and have a warm place to sleep and food and so. Um, How much use has that thing got? I think there's been as, I've been told as many as 12 people in there uh, that needed the service that was offered. So, um, and it was good that we had that in place because nobody would want to be out in those temperatures we've had. So we did get some significant use out of it. Yeah, yeah, it was used. Um, so, and again, I cannot thank St. Paul's Lutheran enough for opening their facility up for that. And they've also agreed that uh, that could be a cooling center in the event that it gets really hot this summer. So uh, they have been amazing to work with. Uh, I, I stepped up, allowed us to do this. You know, back in 22, we had to open a warming center and it was kind of a spur-of-the-moment thing that we opened it up across from the library, and I think there were only three or four people that took advantage of that. But 
uh, it was good that as soon as that was over, uh, I met with St. Paul Lutheran and they agreed that they would let us use that facility and that's why, uh, and they've agreed for the future that, uh, so, and I think we've had another church since this has happened, this cold weather has stepped up and said, hey, they would be willing to let their facilities also be used. So we'll see how that plays out here in the future. Now that this code snaps over, uh, myself, Mark Hill with United Way, John Streeter, uh, represented from the church, Troy Pickle, who's been seeing to it that this is manned. He's done a great job making sure that we had volunteers to to be there to man this. Uh, we'll all get together and critique this and see what changes we need to be, make and what uh, improvements we can make with it. Last point on the cooling on the warming center. You say cooling center, and I'm thinking summer. Yeah. But uh, last thing on the warming center. A lot of credit goes to your wife on this one. I know I heard this last week when you talked about her work and helping with, you know, find the church and to help it. That's my wife's church. Yes. Uh, basically. it's she, That's where she goes to church. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and that's how, and, and and going there with her, I knew that, you know, that used to be a uh, a child care place. In they fact, I used that there. at one time, yeah. Yeah, so die, and I'm like, you know what, this is perfect. They've got a kitchen, they've got a big room, they've got some smaller rooms in case you had to separate people and uh so and they were amazing uh they you know when they were talked to they were immediately like hey um yeah we'd be we'd be happy to offer this facility so let me see if i remember the name correctly little shepherd daycare yes that's what the name of the daycare was back years ago when my kids were little yeah mine too like i said my daughter katie was there back in the 2000s but anything else maybe in closing we wanted to talk about um i think that's about it uh again the work on washington avenue has been delayed a little bit uh but other than that it's hopefully things will get moving here soon and uh, we'll go from there well mayor it's always great to have you here thank you for coming in Okay, thanks. All right, thank you very much. Stay tuned. More to come. You're listening to The Morning Chat on WAOV. Have you ever missed one of your favorite local shows on WAOV? Ever missed the morning chat, Mark and Mark, or even financial questions, real answers? Well, that's not a problem anymore. WAOV has our local shows on podcast and easy to get to them. Go to WAOVAM.com and click on the podcast tab at the top to find your show. It's that easy. So if you miss Vintage Vincent, legal news or views, or just the tips, listen to the podcast the next day. Go to WAOVAM.com and find your podcast. And we thank you for joining us right here on uh, the morning chat, right here on uh, WAOV 97.7, 97, 97 97.3 and 1450 WAOV. Ty Blythe joining us this morning. Again, she is the chief executive officer of PACE and the new communications director, Courtly Wellage, joining us as well. Ladies, thank you for joining us. Good morning. Welcome to the program. Good thank morning. You. Thanks for having us. All right. Let's tell about what's going on at PACE. And I want to go ahead, before we get into the, the I do want to go over, you gave me a sheet of things and I do want to go over all of those but before I do Ty I want to ask you especially are you fitting into your new position more and more now I hope so am I Courtney yes. I don't know I, I think so. It's been a pretty smooth transition, really, with Bertha and I co-leading for a couple months. That was nice. So I could kind of get my feet wet with having her support. And then uh, since the first of the year, I've been flying solo. But we have a fantastic team. Our staff are outstanding. And 
and just really fantastic. So now, really one thing fun. I have to say, though, and that is you probably worked hand-in-hand hand with Bertha Proctor as much as anybody in that organization even before you were named to this spot. I did. I've been at Pace for 17 years, and she was there that whole time. And I would say for probably 15 of those years, we worked very close together. And she's just a great leader for someone to build others up. So she worked with all of our managers and staff to really help them be as successful as they can be. So it's kind of a natural transition going from, from her to you, I guess. I mean, it didn't really surprise me when you got named to that position because of how close you'd worked with her. Well, thanks. Thanks. Courtney Wellage has been here now for three weeks. <laughs> you have been the communications director, and does it feel like you're drinking out of a fire hose yet? A little bit, yeah. I would say baptism by fire, definitely. Um I have had the opportunity to sit down with all of our different program directors and learn a little bit about each of the programs. Um, Like you said, I've been there about three weeks, so it's been a lot of information in the last couple of weeks, but um, it's just been really insightful to learn about all the things that PACE does for our community and our outlying communities. Now, I'm not clairvoyant. She told me earlier she'd been there for three weeks. I just made it it sound good. Anyway, anyway. Three weeks. Three weeks. Oh, man. So you got here right right at the beginning of the year. Yeah, right before Christmas, or right after Christmas. Right after Christmas. So... Let's go ahead and talk about some of the things going on. First thing, the Judy Bobe Scholarship is now open. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and guys, tell me a little bit about what this is all about. The Judy Bobe Scholarship was designed for our longtime Head Start director, Judy Bobe. She worked with our Head Start program for over 40 years. So when she retired, we created a scholarship that is open to individuals that are graduating high school seniors that participated in PACE's Head Start program. When you talk about this, you know, you're talking about people in all four counties, Knox, Davies, Green, and Sullivan. And here's the thing I wonder, and that is my son now has been out of school for three years. He's 19, but he started in the Pace Head Start Center in Bicknell. He moved to Louisville, though, when he was, oh, I would say probably first grade and, Mm -hmm. and was down there. Is there any kind of a handicap for people who took Head Start here but are living elsewhere? Would you encourage them to apply? No. If you participated in PACE Head Start, so in the Head Start in Knox, Davies, Green, or Sullivan counties, then we would encourage you to apply. And a lot of times we see Head Start students that they're the first generation of college student in their family. And that's what this program, that's what this scholarship is for, to really encourage and help people along throughout their educational career. You put down some of the criteria here. Can you go over what what you have to have to be eligible for this? Sure. It's a 2.5 GPA. The application is online. There's a short essay that you can write about a couple different topics. How did Head Start impact you or tell us about your future career plans and submit those along with your transcript. And all of that can be emailed to us or mailed to us or dropped off at our one of our locations. If I understand correctly, if I remember, there is a 500-word essay that is also part of this. Is mm-hmm. that correct? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure if it's exactly 500 words, but there is a short essay portion yep. that's part of the application. That's what I heard is about, I believe mm-hmm. it's 500 words or, or more. That's what I've heard. Now, of course, yeah. I haven't looked at the application lately, but at the same time, People, I know kids are probably looking up and saying, oh, man, 500 words. I don't think I could put 500 words in a, <laughs> in a Facebook post. Yeah. You know, I mean, does it make it kind of, does that kind of, you know, keep, maybe give you a little apprehension as far as doing this? I haven't 
heard any kids say that. And I think just because traditionally most scholarships require something like that. So a lot of the kids have already worked on that and have have something like that um, already created. But we haven't had anyone say, like, that's going to keep them from applying for the scholarship. And this is something that we've been doing for several years. We've awarded uh, almost 30 scholarships over the past mm-hmm. decade or so. So that's $500 each. That's about $15,000. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the, the reasons that we have our annual golf scramble. Our annual golf scramble helps to fund things like the scholarships or internships or some of our other programs. So Let's go over that, May 3rd, uh, know, for right? the golf, golf scramble. Where's it going to be at, and what are you guys going to be doing? Uh, our 11th annual golf scramble is Friday, May 3rd. It is going to be in Montgomery at Country Oaks Golf Course. Davies County is one of our service areas, so we like to do all kinds of activities in each of our service areas. This outing is... It, it has sold out for the past several years, so we like to mention the date early so people can get that on their calendar and be looking for the registration information that will be coming out soon. Admission cost, uh, teams, you know, how do you got to do that? Yes, it is $125 per player, or you can put a team of four in, get a whole sponsorship. That is another option. We also have opportunities for platinum sponsors Mm -hmm. so if someone says we really want to get our name out there we want every participant we usually have about between 25 and 28 teams and for the platinum sponsorship the favor will have the company that is a platinum sponsors logo on that so that's a really great way to get your name out there into the community you know yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, go ahead, Courtney. No, I just said absolutely. I think that that's a great opportunity for any of the businesses in our service area, not just Knox County, but those outlying communities. You know, one of the ideas that I was thinking of that would be really cool is if you could do, you know, give away maybe Pace logo golf balls or something. <laughs> yes, we did that one year, and we gave away... Um, what are they called? Pro V ones. Mm-hmm. Those are the fancy ones. <laughs> oh, the good ones. Huh? Yes, the good ones. Not the ones I use. I try to use like leftover range balls because I know it's just going to be missing. But the golfers <laughs> loved the Pro V ones, so we could we can look at doing something like that again. You or know, maybe the platinum sponsor says we know exactly what favor we want to give and provides it, and yep. and absolutely we can make that happen. You know, you're a woman after my own heart, and that I think you, oh, you and I, I hear think that the same all the time. way. <laughs> You think that the, you think the same way as I do? Like I said, I mean, I don't know. I haven't played in a long time, but I why not? Say, I just haven't. Uh, you know, different reasons, but I want to. You got to get out there. But the thing is, is that you don't know how many balls I've drowned over my career. I, I hear mean, you. Like I well, said, you might want to mark Friday, May third, on your calendar. <laughs> you could participate in our scramble. You never know. I'd have to get my swing back in. Yeah, shape. you and Ed and and Jonathan. You guys could all be. A, Oh, that'd the be team. interesting. That'd be a great team. <laughs> a couple of minutes left to go in this segment. I want to mention something that uh, the cold weather last week has kind of brought it to the top of my mind. It's one of our stories, in fact, this morning. And it is the continuing work with the uh, the heating mm-hmm. uh, assistance program. And uh, yes. give me an update on how that's going. Our energy assistance program is going really well. That started November 1st. So that is a one-time benefit for someone's heat source. So people apply, they submit an application, proof of their income, their driver's license, social security card. There's just some other documents depending on their situation that they may submit. And then in addition to that being a one-time benefit on their utility bill, 
that puts them in moratorium so that if throughout the winter they're unable to pay, they're not going to have their utilities turned off, their heat source turned off. So that's a really big benefit for individuals. For now, that does that, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Does yeah. that moratorium end on March 1st, I believe? Um, it ends in March, yes. In March, okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if it was at the beginning or in March. It might be the 15th. I'm not sure. Okay, I'll have to Sometime look that up. But, mm-hmm. but now that that, breaks, that begs one more question on that, and that is, first of all, do you still have money left to give in case somebody needs help? Yes, we do. Um, and, and we encourage people to apply early because it can take up to 55 days to process the application. But the other thing that I want to say is if you are someone that has a disconnect notice or you're afraid you're going to be getting um, a disconnect notice, then you need to give us a call. So there are some ways that we can help out with the crisis funds for individuals that are in the disconnect situation. One more question on that. Give me an estimate right now. How many people and maybe how much money do you think you've given out so far? Um, We typically in the season help about 3,500 individuals. So my guess is we're maybe at 2,000 individuals Mm -hmm. at this point. And as far as funding, um, I'm thinking I just looked at the state numbers. I'm not sure if I looked at ours specifically. So I can't, I don't want to tell you the wrong number. Yeah, I was going to say, if you're giving out $300 each, I mean, you know, 2,000, you know, 2,000 mm-hmm. people, that would be somewhere around, what, $600,000. And most people get more than $300, really. It depends on what you're heating with. So, for example, someone that heats with propane, they typically get a higher benefit. It might be five or $600. Um, and then there's also some risk factors. If someone's elderly, disabled, mm-hmm. has children in the home, some of those factors can make the individual get more money. So you're still looking at over a half a million dollars every year. Yes. Just in this area. Yes. And that goes to the utility companies. So that's something some people think, oh, that's just individuals getting money in their pocket. The only way they're getting the money is if their utilities are included in their rent, then the check would go to them. Otherwise, it goes to the utility company to help keep their bill current. We're talking this morning with Ty Blythe. Also, in a minute, we're going to talk to Courtney Wellage as we talk about what's going on with the Pace Community Action Agency. Back with more after this. You're listening to The Morning Chat on WAOV. Have you ever missed one of your favorite local shows on WAOV? Ever missed the morning chat, Mark and Mark, or even financial questions, real answers? Well, that's not a problem anymore. WAOV has our local shows on podcast and easy to get to them. Go to WAOVAM.com and click on the podcast tab at the top to find your show. It's that easy. So if you miss Vintage Vincent, legal news or views, or just the tips, listen to the podcast the next day. Go to WAOVAM.com and find your podcast. Thank you so much for joining us right here on this edition of the Morning Chat on 97.7, and 14.50 WAOV. Tom Lee sitting in for Ann Ballinger and uh, sitting in for themselves today. Ty Blythe and also (laughs) Courtney Wellich from Pace. And let's go ahead and talk about the... This is something that's just recently come up, the Health Connection Expansion. Courtney, I want to start with you this time. Tell us a little bit about what you guys are doing. Yeah, so Health Connection just recently started a new pilot program. We're the only um, place in the state that's doing it right now. It's called Obtaining Reproductive Services, which is focusing on providing comprehensive reproductive health care and health education to our service areas. Now, now here's the thing. I take a look at this, and again, it says, talk about a new program helping for reproductive services what kind of areas i've seen some of the press releases so i know a little bit about it but for people who may not have heard this what are some of the areas that you guys are focusing on 
We're going to focus a lot on education, so helping people to have accurate information so that they can make the best decisions for their health care, and then focusing a lot on birth control options. So for individuals that aren't interested in having kids at this time, talking about that, or if they are, then talking about child spacing and things like that. So a lot of education and health services and now, you're, now, have you already started this, or is it still to come? It is to come. It's in process. So where we are right now in the process is hiring staff. So we do have five nurse positions open, and those are throughout Knox, Davies, Green, Sullivan, Lawrence, and Vigo counties, as well as a health educator. So once the nurses are hired, then they will start their training. We will start going out into the community and providing the reproductive health care services out in the community. Now, this is one that's kind of interesting. I always thought this was interesting in that your core four counties are Knox, Davies, Green, and Sullivan. Mm -hmm. But with the Health Connection, you have expanded into the Terre Haute area and into the Bedford area as well. That is correct. That is correct. Um, And we've actually had Health Connection services in Vigo County and Terre Haute for a very long time. Our Health Connection services, we've had those for over 50 years throughout most of our counties. So we're excited and we like being able to provide that service in those communities. Now here's the thing for different different people. I know Health Connection has done some work in reproductive services before. Mm-hmm. Is this just an expansion of what you've been able to do earlier? Pretty similar to an expansion, providing a lot of those services at a different location. For some individuals, have transportation barriers. So coming into the clinic is challenging for them. Some individuals, maybe they've had a traumatic experience and even going to a doctor's office is just something they don't feel comfortable doing. So if we can provide those services, whether it's at a neutral location, like a restaurant, or whether it's going to their home, we wanna be able to make sure people don't have any barriers to receiving the reproductive healthcare services that they need. As a rule, are you talking about younger people and younger couples? I mean, when I talk about younger younger couples, I'm talking maybe late teens to early 20s, maybe to later 20s? This service is not provided based on age. It's just if they're reproductive health care age. So I can tell you because we collect a lot of demographic information that a majority of our clients that we see in Health Connection are between 18 and 25. So it's not the younger teens. um, It's more the college age and post-college age that we're seeing. But individuals that are younger can come in. It's totally confidential. They don't have to have an adult. If they're not 18, that's okay. We don't, if they want to keep that private, that they came in we don't share that information a lot of times we see people bringing in though their parents their partner or even their grandparents because people are starting to recognize reproductive health care the main word there is health yep it's health services exactly well that's your name i mean health connection i mean and that's the key thing now, and, and that was kind of what I expected when you said that about between 18 and 25. That was kind of the target age that I was thinking. But do you have people that are older coming in? We do. We do have a lot of people. And what we see oftentimes is someone will come in when they're 20, 23, they build a relationship, just like you build a relationship with your healthcare provider. So even once they have obtained employment, they have health insurance, they are aging, they continue to use that provider as their um, health care provider. Mm-hmm. And again, let me ask you this, and that is how many, now you say this is a program that is in 
expansion. But even before that, I mean, that's what we're talking about is in the time before when you've been offering these services. Mm -hmm. It sounds to me like, guys, that this has been a very well-used thing in all of your counties. It absolutely has been. It It's something that is so needed in the communities that people have this fact-based health, reproductive health care information. So we put the word out there, although I will say, yes, it's well used, but not everyone is aware of us. So we so appreciate opportunities like this, where we can share with the community and say, hey, we have these services. We can provide the birth control that an individual needs. And that's on a sliding fee scale. And if you can't pay that, you still receive the service, whether it's the pill, the patch, the shot, the next supply that goes under the arm, whatever it might be, you're going to receive those services or treatment for STIs or STDs. And that's the other point. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, talking about you know STD, sexually mm-hmm. transmitted diseases, and, and other things too, because people don't realize that is a part of reproductive health. And it, it's something that, again, it goes back to you know needing nurses for the program. Right, right. We need individuals so they can perform those um exams and figure out what the individual needs to be able to treat them so that they can get back to being healthy productive members of society now are you when you talk about nurses are you looking for let's say rns lpns it doesn't matter there's really a lot of variety out Mm -hmm. there so no it's not a specific kind of nurse Um, we have some flexibility and we provide a lot of training so that individuals have the knowledge to be able to help individuals for this specific type of health care. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned hiring. Courtney, you were one of those who have been brand new on the job about three weeks. I know you're looking for other folks. First of all, give me your experience with PACE in the first three weeks and why people should consider PACE in, in their employment. Absolutely. I was immediately drawn to PACE because of the um, just their presence in the community as far as their workplace presence. I know um, the culture is one that is held very highly in the communities that we serve. And I've definitely seen that in the first three weeks. Um, I mentioned that I was kind of thrown in baptism by fire, but I have had nothing but really, really positive experiences with the managers, with our Head Start staff, with our frontline staff. Anyone that I've come in contact with has been more than happy to help me in any way. You talk about needing five nurses for Health Connection. That's just the tip of the iceberg. What are some of the other areas that you need people for? And, and let's just go ahead and put a little bit of urgency in this. What are the positions you need people for right now? Absolutely. We are um, really looking for some Head, or, um, head Start staff right now, so teachers, uh, teaching assistants, Um, the classroom aides, those are all on our website right now, Um, and Health Connection, and then we do have an open accounting position as well. But I would say right now, Health Connection and um, Head Start and Early Head Start are our pressing needs. Yeah, here's the thing, now you're talking about Head Start and Early Head Start. Is this a, I know Head Start is kind of a school year program. Is Early Head Start a year-round program? It is. Early Head Start is all year. Mm Mm-hmm. So when you talk about needing, let's say, people for Head Start, I mean, what's some of the qualifications to get a job in that? Basically, people don't know. I'm sure they do, but I'm going to say it anyway. The kind of the pre-kindergarten work that you do there, what are some of the qualifications? Yes, it really depends on which education job you're applying for, whether it's teacher, associate teacher, center aid. So a high school diploma would be the minimum that someone would come in with. What's great, and I want to mention, is... We have scholarship opportunities. There's a scholarship called the Teach Scholarship, and that pays 80% 
of someone's tuition and 90% of their book fee for someone that's working towards an early childhood degree. So that might be a CDA, a child development associate. It might be an associate's degree, a bachelor's degree, or even a master's certificate. So that's a really big benefit for an individual that's interested in working in the early childhood realm. Now, our teachers, they have associate degrees or bachelor's degrees, so it really just depends on what you have. But I would say to anyone, if you're interested in working in early childhood education, if you're interested in working in that birth to five-year-old time frame, then apply and see what we have out there. We have some great jobs. Okay, I want to do one more thing here before mm-hmm. we close it out. I, I don't know why, but I want to go back over the uh, energy assistance program. Sure. Because, with the I, again, with the late cold snap we had, I'm sure yeah. that there are some people who are thinking themselves, they, mm-hmm. they're trying to be independent. They're trying to get through the whole thing, and then they realize, yes. hey, I need help. Yeah. Uh, how can they get it? You know, and we hear that a lot. So I do want to mention that. Sometimes I've heard people say, well, I don't want to use that service because I don't want to take it away from someone else. Or I don't want to use that because you know, I I need it, but there's probably someone else that needs it even more. Please don't let that be the reason that you don't apply for services because we do have the funds available. And by individuals using the funds, that's showing our state, our Congress, everyone that we need that. Mm -hmm. So if you think you might qualify or if you need help, go to our website, pacecaa.org. On our program side, there is an energy assistance tab. The application is out there. If you're tech savvy, you can do it really if you're not even that tech savvy because it's pretty (laughs) simple to do the application online and upload your documents. You can do that or you can come to one of our locations. We have printed out applications at drop boxes outside of our locations. Mm -hmm. Fill that out. Get copies of those required documents. Submit that. And uh, we can get you processed on energy assistance or let you know what additional information you need to get your application processed. Mm We want to thank uh, Ty Blythe joining us this morning along with Courtney Wellich. Guys, we really do appreciate you joining us, and we hope you have a great day. Thanks. We missed Ed, but you did a great job. It was nice (laughs) chatting with you. Hey, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be with you. You're listening to The Morning Chat right here on WAOV.